you certainly know when uh, certain corporations and there are being laws made against being able to do stuff by yourself, that uh, the more harder something is to do and the more that sort of people are against it, you're kind of doing the right thing. So, yeah, by ISPs sort of blocking the ability to do a lot of this stuff, I'm kind of like, yeah, now I know I'm on the right track because they hate me doing it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. Welcome to MyPrivacy.help with Faris and Gordon. Everything you do online becomes information stored on someone else's computer. We help you reclaim control of your data, your privacy, your life. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of MyPrivacy.help. This is Ferris, and I'm here once again with Gordon. And today, we are going to talk about self-hosting. So, Gordon, um, is self-hosting where basically you have a party and you don't invite anyone? Because I'm already very good at doing that. I don't know why I need you. <laughs> uh, absolutely, Ferris. You, you hit the nail on head. There's well, no better it. company than my own. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, self-hosting is a computing IT term, which means it could be software, it could be a platform, but it essentially means you can DIY um, that platform or service. And that's a theoretical answer. It's probably best explained with an example. So, for example, uh, file storage. So everyone uses, say, Google Drive, Dropbox, iCloud, I don't know, Microsoft SkyDrive, whatever, uh, file storage, cloud storage, whatever you want to call it, are uh, using a third-party service. Self-hosting means you can actually uh, install a computer in your home or in at, at another premise and actually uh, have your own Google Drive or iCloud or Dropbox on your computer. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's an oversimplification, but that's basically what it means. So at the moment, say someone is using iCloud or Google Drive or something similar. Now, my understanding is that's kept in the cloud, um, which is a terminology that came out a decade ago, maybe. Who is actually storing that? So let's say if I'm using Apple iCloud account and I've got a document that I'm working on and it's a private one, personal one, um, and I'm storing it in the cloud because it's ease of access. Where is that actually stored? Like on a computer where? Uh, the short answer is, I don't know. I don't know the internal workings of Apple, but all, all these companies have data centers around the world. So a, a large company like Apple or Google or whoever, large company, Microsoft, they would have a data center in each continent. So if you were in North America, it would be set, you know, it would be on a computer somewhere in a North American data center. It'd be actually on more than one computer, but for argument's sake, um, also, Apple would have their own backups. So, for example, your one document, let's say it's stored in, you know, a data center in California, that would also be backed up in, in say, Europe or, or Asia or somewhere else like that. So your one document would probably have one or two copies in that data center, and it would also be distributed to, say, two or three other data centers. So I would say at least six or 
seven copies of your one document around the world. So that sounds like a really, excuse me. So that sounds like a really secure and convenient system. What is the problem there? Uh, Well, we're going to get into security versus privacy. I wouldn't say it's a, a secure system, but it's a system that has redundancy. So you want to have multiple copies of your data so that they can be retrieved later. And I'm assuming that a lot of these cloud storage, and I had the word cloud, by the way, cloud cloud is a fancy word for someone else's computer. You know, we're uploading this to the cloud. Oh, this is on Dropbox. Okay, well, what does that mean? It means that it's the the file that you just uploaded is on someone else's computer. And the word computer is also sort of a little bit problematic as well. Like, what is a computer? Well, um. We have this notion called servers, and server is just another fancy way for a big computer. So, you know, when you upload your document to iCloud, Ferris, it's not sitting on an iMac, you know, um, you know, in, in a California room somewhere. These are sort of fridge-sized computers that have massive hard drives, multiple CPUs, multiple hard drives, uh, big connectivity and whatnot. But it's a fancy computer, so let's say a server is a fancy computer. And and that's basically what the cloud is. The cloud is someone else's server, Uh, whether it's in Europe or North America, uh, that's what it is. And usually, not always, but usually those servers are distributed. So you have several copies of your document across several data servers, uh, data centers and servers around the world. So before we talk about security, which is another topic for another day, um, what is the privacy concern there then? Well, the obvious privacy concern is that you are trusting the provider of that service. So whilst I would trust Apple um, a lot more than, you know, Joe Blow down the street who is offering free uh, cloud storage, uh, you are trusting Apple, and Apple is a big entity. And by the way, I'm not picking on Apple. You could say this for uh, Microsoft, for Dropbox, for Google, whoever. You're trusting that entity, and that, and that entity does have a reputation to protect. So, for example, if Apple did something nefarious or whatever, um, they, they, their reputation would suffer. But you are trusting that Apple is keeping your documents secure. You're also trusting that Apple is not leaking that document to other third parties and advertising. And you're also trusting that Apple has proper privacy and security procedures in place so that, you know, average employee, average IT employee can't just sift through all your documents. And that's actually been found in the past um, to actually happen. You know, there wasn't much security and essentially employees of not Apple, but other companies have been able to see documents, see passport photos, see all kinds of stuff. So, the problem, Ferris, as you know, is that you are trusting your data, your privacy to third parties and individuals you have no idea who has access to your information. So before we talk about what self-hosting is and how it works, what solution would that solve? So privacy is the level of control you have over your data, and especially if we're talking online or or data privacy. If you have your document uploaded to iCloud, Dropbox, Google Drive, you have no control over that data. Yes, you can log in, you can see a fancy dashboard, you can download your file, but
but you have no control over it because you have no control of the server and the service that is being offered. You can't control some employee from, for example, Dropbox walking up to the server and sticking USB and copying all this stuff. Uh, you have no control over that whatsoever. So at the end of the day, the only way to achieve true privacy is to control your data. The only way to control your data is to self-host or basically you are the cloud server. You are the cloud storage yourself. So when I hear self-hosting, Gordon, my immediate thought is I need to set up a space in my garage where I've got a tower of motherboards and blinking lights and wires everywhere. So I'm in control of my own data. Is that how it's going to look? Yeah, silly. If everyone's watched Silicon Valley, you know how they have all those uh, all those Bitcoin miners. I think in the garage. Yeah. Uh, no. So there there are different, and this is. I'll, I'll try not to be too technical. So please stop me. But as I mentioned before, a server is a fancy word for a computer. A computer could be anything from a million dollar massive computer the size of a fridge. Um with multiple hard drives and CPUs all the way down to, you can buy these $20, what are called raspberry Pis, $20, $30. They're, they're, they're tiny. They run really small hard drive CPUs. Uh, you can put them, they're Wi-Fi enabled. You could put them behind a pot plant in your house if you wanted to. So a server is just a fancy way for a computer. However, most people, if they're self-hosting, um, you could, could put it in your garage, Ferris. You could put it in the desk you know, underneath you, it's just a PC, a regularly, a regular PC. It's got a hard drive, a, a, you know, a network, it's got CPU. And the beauty of self-hosting is you can do it fairly cheaply, if not for free, by using a super old computer, um, installing it with an operating system called Linux and um, connect it to the internet and away you go. So um, that's what a server could be. So if I'm understanding this correctly, let's just take the analogy of um, a bank and you have, you know, your private um, little vaults in a bank, um, a deposit box. Is that what I call it? Okay. I'm struggling with the name now. Deposit box. So let's say in the deposit box, so you want to keep stuff like your passport, uh, your will, your birth certificate. Now, I know a lot of us keep this stuff online because you have to access it and that's easy. You take a photo of it, you take a scan of it, you access it, you put it in the cloud. The problem is if it's in the cloud, as you say, it's on someone else's computer um, that can get hacked. And this is something that you've um, enlightened me to is a lot of these huge corporations get hacked on a regular basis. And when we say regular, we mean like what was it, every 10 minutes or something. Um, whereas, all right, that's type of information. I'm like, this is not something I want on someone else's computer. So I'm going to take this stuff and put it in my own private vault. My own private vault would be a computer server, a computer that basically is running somewhere in my house um, that is not connected to the internet or how would that work? So what, like, I, I get what you're saying, but for someone who is new to this space and goes, yeah, I, I do want to have my own private vault where my own information is stored, I can put it on a computer. Does that have to be an air gap computer? How does that work? Yeah, and 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 what you mentioned about um, people being hacked all the time, people can go to cyware, as in cyware.com, and that's a informational database on 
all the latest hacks and security breaches. Just type in whatever service you're using right now, whether it's Dropbox, Zoom, uh, iCloud, Google Drive, and, and just see the amount of hacks and incidents that are there. It's actually quite quite scary. Uh, yeah, so let's 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 use this word computer or server synonymously. Um, we call it a server because it provides services. So those services, as you mentioned, could be file storage, cloud storage, email, website, VPN, whatever. But a, a server is a, is a computer, and so that server, Faris, um, could be just a a desktop, an old desktop that you've got lying around. Um, it has to be connected to the internet, can't be air gap because how would you be able to access it? The analogy of the Dropbox, uh, the um, deposit box on a bank, I think is a good one. I, I would actually just say you you don't have a deposit box at a bank. You, you kind of are the bank. Like the entire computer, or the entire server is a bank. Each individual Deposit box is like a different service. So one might be email, one might be um, file storage, another one might be VPN, another one might be website. That's that's probably the analogy that I would use. Um, and a lot of people just have, you know, that old computer sitting, you know, by their router, wherever their Wi-Fi router is, just plugged into that. And so it doesn't take up any extra space. It doesn't take up, doesn't cost you really anything. These computers are fairly low powered. So... Uh, it's a pretty cheap and efficient way to do it. So someone like me, where I don't have the experience of an employee or the infrastructure at Apple and Microsoft, wouldn't I be more vulnerable to hacking though if I'm controlling, managing my own data, if I'm self-hosting? Yes and no. And 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 this comes to the age-old debate of, you know, is it is it better to do it yourself or is it better to pay someone else to do it? Um, I do it and that's not to be arrogant, but I kind of know what I'm doing. Um and that is a real risk. It's a real security risk. You know, at, uh, say, for example, Dropbox, uh, they've probably got an entire IT department looking at security issues and looking at, you know, people hacking in. And uh, one of my previous jobs was to work for Australia's, one of Australia's largest banks. And every day, almost every second, there was someone trying to hack into the network. And you could see it. You could see it in this list of the firewall log of people trying to hack in. Um, two answers to that. One answer is Dropbox, Dropbox, iCloud, Google Drive. They're a huge target. So, of course, um, that's the jackpot if you're able to hack into them. So you'd be a smaller target and you're not advertising your own uh, you know, products and services. So you're flying under the radar. But flying under the radar isn't the ultimate security once someone finds out who you are. But secondly, um, if you set up the system properly, no, you you are not at risk of hacking. So you've got a firewall, you've got an operating system. It's not Microsoft Windows, which is Swiss cheese. It's not Apple, it's Linux. Um, nothing is 100% secure. Nothing is 100% private. But if you have a system that is set up properly, um, you are very well protected. And again, we're, we're using privacy and security sort of synonymously. They are different. But um, yeah, to answer your question, um, I think it's a million times better to, to self-host than it is to have it at these third-party services. And there hasn't a day gone by where these third-party services have been hacked. And just type in Dropbox, iCloud, Google Drive, Microsoft SkyDrive or OneDrive or whatever you call it into cyware.com 
and you will see all the hacking breaching incidents. Now, Gordon, you mentioned that like the only hardware you need is no computer. Um, are there any more expenses? Like how, how expensive is it to actually control your own data? So it depends on the hardware space. So what you need is an old computer, an old PC. Well, not an old one, a, a PC, a computer, say in the last five years, we'll be able to handle it. It's got to be connected to the internet. So you need a cable from, from that computer to your router. The software is all free and open source, which will be definitely another episode on open source. Mm-hmm. And the, there's no real cost for us because you're probably already paying for your internet connection anyway. Um, so there's no extra cost with that. There's no real electricity cost adding a low power PC to that. Uh, the software is free. So there's, there really is no extra cost to that. The only caveat that I would say is if you want file storage, you probably need a decent sized hard drive. So an old computer may have a smaller hard drive than you need, but you know, hard drives are so cheap at the moment. You could go out and buy a massive hard drive for, you know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks. 50 bucks. So it's, it's, it's fairly cheap. Uh, And Gordon, I am one of those guys who doesn't mind paying professionals to do the job for me. So is this something my privacy that help can help me with? Yeah, we, we can actually do it. And and what I said in the previous episode, Ferris, I would love it if everyone did it by themselves and, and we will have a DIY tutorial section where I will go through getting an old computer or a PC, installing Linux on it, installing some of these services that we've talked about, file storage, email, VPN, and you doing it yourself. Um, uh, I, I would absolutely love for people to do that. The reality is people don't have the time and perhaps the patience and the technical ability. Um, so we can we can definitely do that for you as well. But um, I would love it, Faris, if you know most people did that and uh, the people who couldn't or didn't want to do that, we um, they paid for our uh, subscription to be able to do that. But, uh, yeah, head across to myprivacy.help, have a look at our products and services. It's all explained there. And obviously, if you have a question, uh, you can contact us through mm-hmm. the form. This is something I want to reiterate from the day one that Gordon had this idea. He basically wanted to set it up where – he sets up this system for you where you do control your own data and then he hands you the keys to the kingdoms. So he sets it up, but then you know he can't access it or no one from my project that help can access it. That was really important for Gordon to do. And um, we'll talk about that in open source in another episode. But then at the same time, someone like me will go, no, I kind of do want your support if I need it. Um, and that that's available as well. So head over to myprivacy.help and reach out for any questions. Yeah, it's really a win-win for us because, as I said before, um, you know, it, this privacy, my privacy podcast is all about empowering you guys. And I know, that, I know that words I've used, but empowering you guys to take control of your own data. And the only way to do that is to self-host it. How do you self-host it? Well, you can DIY, and I would love for, for everyone to be able to do that. But the reality is they can't um, pay us to do it, and um, we'll do that, set it all up for you. And uh, as Faris said, there's two ways. We can hand you the keys to the kingdom. That's it. We can't access it. Uh, or for those who perhaps don't have the time or expertise, we can maintain and manage it for you. So um, the operating system updates, the software updates, the backups, the security, all that kind of stuff we can, we can manage for you. So um, I will just say one 
sort of thing of, of self-hosting. And this is something recently that I've come across is that internet service providers really hate to use self-hosting. And in the last probably five years, I've been self-hosting everything, VPN, email, file storage, password manager, absolutely everything. But I've noticed ISPs, especially in the last five years, have basically started to block stuff and especially email and websites. And so it's getting a little bit trickier to be able to do that uh, yourself. There are alternate solutions, which obviously we can talk about on another day, but um, you certainly know when uh, certain corporations and there are being laws made against being able to do stuff by yourself, that uh, the more harder something is to do and the more that sort of people are against it, you're kind of doing the right thing. So yeah, by ISPs sort of blocking the ability to do a lot of this stuff, I'm kind of like, yeah, now I know I'm on the right track because they hate me doing it. Oh, thank you very much for that, Gordon. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And remember, any questions, queries, um, go to myprivacy.help. Thanks, Faris. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit myprivacy.help.